course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by the other host, Ike. Ike, how are you? Oh, man. I am wiped out, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, you've had a busy a busy week. I sure have. I sure have for the listeners it, at home. <laughs> and it's it remarkable that uh, sometimes you go on vacation and you come back uh, more wiped than you were when you left. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. That's always how it is. You you need a vacation from your vacation sometimes. <laughs> I, I never take a day off or a vacation day or whatever just for the sake of, you know, just for that sake, right? Just to lay around and, and do nothing. I always take it off with a purpose, whether it's an appointment or something. So it's like, I don't know. I, sometimes I just need to take some vacation time just to do nothing. Yeah, no, same. Absolutely. I, it's always how I am, too. If I, if I have time off, it's usually for a reason. So I'm like, I, I just need to, like, take time off to, like, do nothing. <laughs> Me, too. So I did some traveling. You didn't see any uh, didn't see any of those uh, 30 Days of Night vampires while you were traveling through Alaska, were you? Did you? I, I sure didn't. But so funnily enough um for folks at home who don't know i me and my wife uh went on a vacation with her side of the family um to alaska and uh we were on a cruise and uh i, I was you know i was talking to somebody about this but uh alaska it's beautiful it's beautiful it's super great during the day but at night um especially when there's a really big moon outside you know, you're, you're going down the uh, inside passage, which is like a, an offshoot of the Pacific Ocean, uh, but it basically takes you along the Alaskan coast, and it is creepy, man. It's it's super dark, but, like, the moon illuminates all the trees, and, you know, if you're sitting out there with your binoculars, you just swear you see movement in the trees. Um, Maybe you do. And you very well may, yeah. It might, it might be, like, the Yeti or some mm-hmm. freaking vampires or some shit, but it, it's super pretty during the day, but scary at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know, many a horror movie has been made off of a pretty in the day, scary at night. But uh, very true, very true. <laughs> so, seeing as how you had a busy week, you probably didn't watch a whole lot, did you? Uh, you would be wrong, sir. I watched what? a lot of movies. A, yeah, a lot. Oh, well, I guess you had travel time, didn't you? I I had a shit ton of travel time. So, um, fun fact: it's a four-hour flight from Indiana to Seattle. And on our way back, I spent about nine hours in a, in a in an airport. So that was great. E. So I did watch a lot of movies. I'm not gonna lie to you. I watched a lot of movies. Um, I watched some non horror movies, but also watched some horror movies. Um, most importantly, I, I watched uh, pretty much every single X Men movie that's ever been created, either <laughs> on the cruise or off, because the cruise had like movies on the tv and for some reason they had like all of the new x-men movies so i was like how 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 do i not watch these um <laughs> but horror wise uh i watched uh rewatched ready or not um which is really great it has samara weaving in it uh basically it's uh, a family who has a tradition of every time you know uh, somebody's married into the family they play a game and if they choose the hide and seek card they have to kill the bride or, or groom 
um, in order to survive the night. So it's so kind of like a culty type thing. Hmm. Um, I watched All Hallows Eve, Terrifier, and Terrifier 2. Yeah. I just did a whole Art the Clown rewatch. Because um, why not? Art the Clown is great. Um, and also, you know, we recently received some confirmation that Terrifier 3, which we'll talk about later. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so that was cool. I also watched uh, X-Men New Mutants. Um, I, I purposely excluded this one because New Mutants was kind of supposed to be a horror movie, horror-esque movie, monster movie type deal. Um, so that was cool. And there was something else I watched, and I'm suddenly forgetting. Oh, it's not a horror movie, but I watched The Whale. Um, superb <laughs> movie. Superb movie. Super yeah. great. Um, I, I see why it won an award. I also watched Everything Everywhere All at Once again, and that was just as weird the second time as it was the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's quite a bit. Uh, well, I watched a few things, too. Uh, I watched uh, I watched Influencer on Shudder. It's a movie that just came out recently on Shudder. And uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty creepy. Uh, kind of makes you think a little bit. Um, but but yeah, I, I suggest people watch that. Uh, and then I watched. Have you ever watched? I watched The Barn and Barn Two. Have you watched those yet? I've I've not. Where where, where is Man, the streaming? <laughs> they're, they're on Screenbox. I think Barn Two is a Screenbox exclusive. They are. They're they're kind of low budget. Kind of low budget. They're a little a little cam. Not too bad. But man, they're fun. They are. They're 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 very fun. Uh, kind of, I don't know. They feel they have an, an '80s vibe to to it to me, uh, and uh, they play a lot on the the quote unquote kind of like trick or treat with the quote unquote rules of Halloween and stuff. And it's I mean, it's fun. I like it. I pretty I really enjoyed them. Uh, and then I, I also for some reason uh, on Tubi I watched Pumpkinhead, and I don't I don't even know what triggered that or why. I don't know if I was just scrolling through and, but uh, I haven't seen that in forever. So I watched that. It was okay. Um, but yeah, I. I I, I advise anybody to go watch Influencer. It was fun, and if you've not seen the Barn and Barn Two, they're they're fun watches. Now they're not, like I said, they're not big budget, you know, high profile horror movies, but but they're fun. There there there's plenty of gore. Like I said, they're very to me they're very throwback to the eighties. Uh, but uh, yeah, but they're 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 fun. Uh, so that's what I watched, and uh, so let's uh, get on with it. And uh, we have uh, this week for our segment. Horror hot take. Ike, we have a, another horror hot take, and uh, this is where uh, one of us will have a, a a strong opinion on something related to the horror genre that might uh, that might displease some people or might might spark uh, I don't know what spark some controversy, spark some uh, heated discussion. Uh, the first one uh, was was you. And uh, you have another one for today, is that correct? Oh, I've got. I mean, I have I have some for every day of the week. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> but but yes, I do have another one for today. All right, we'll dive in then. What if? Uh, well, I guess we should have before we got into all this. We should have said that we are discussing the in our review today the Boogeyman. I messed that up top. Uh, the new to theater adaptation of an old Stephen King story. So that's coming up uh, after the the news and and everything else. But back to horror hot take. So I go ahead and lay it on us. What's your horror hot take for this episode? Absolutely. And actually, fun fact, um, and this is somewhat related to the Boogeyman. Um, and, and, and I want to preface by saying that this this hot take doesn't apply to every single movie in this genre, but it applies to most of them. And I'll explain in a little bit. So 
my horror hot take today, and maybe this isn't even a horror hot take. Maybe this is just an I something that I think that maybe maybe not a lot of other people think, or maybe some people do think it. Who knows? So I kind of think it's a hot take though, just because I know that a lot of people are fans of movies in this genre. But the genre that I'm referencing are PG-13 horror movies. I hate most PG-13 horror movies. <laughs> you know what? It's very ironic that you say this because when I thought we were doing a horror hot take, that was it immediately popped to mind, mind too. And it does pertain to the Boogeyman, and that is a big part of my conversation about the Boogeyman later. I, I agree. As a whole, I cannot. I do. I do not like PG-13 horror movies. Right. Absolutely. Um, and and I will say this. There's always the exceptions that make the rule. Right. Movies like the Insidious movies, which I'm pretty sure are PG-13. I could be completely wrong about that. Um, so, you know, there are some outliers. Right. There, there's no such thing as a perfect opinion or there's no such thing as a, a, an entirety of, you know, like that. So, you know, there obviously are some, you know, exclusions that make the rule. Um and I am correct. The original Insidious was PG-13. Um, so take that for what you will. That was a good movie. I can't say it wasn't. But there are most of these movies that are PG-13 um, that are horror movies. They, they are lacking significantly in what makes horror horror, right? Yep. Horror is supposed to be violent. Horror is supposed to be bloody. You know what I mean? And you can have horror without those elements. But the other elements need to be very strong in order to carry that film. Films like Skinnamarink, for instance, Skinnamarink, where it lacks in violence and blood and guts and pure terror, leans heavily into sort of that, you know, psychological horror, right? So if your movie is not true to form horror, then you need to be able to lean heavily onto something else that makes it horror. And to me, PG-13 movies very often, more than not, do not lean heavily enough into what makes that movie scary. And I would, you know, kind of have to agree a little bit with Dave about his assessment of the movie. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of my uh, <laughs> hot take for today is PG-13 movies as a whole generally are not that great. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I just don't think PG-13 applies itself well to horror. Now, yeah. again, there are exceptions, of course. I, but to me, PG okay, PG thirteen movies can serve a purpose, as in I they're I think they can be good entryway movies for younger viewers, because they're not as strong, they're not as graphic, uh, the elements whatever they might be, whether it is uh, the gore or the violence or whether it's just the, uh, the 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 themes of the movie are typically not as strong and and poignant. So you know I guess they they can serve a purpose I guess for some younger viewers or whatever else, but you know, they're just, I don't know. They're not, and, and some of this may derive from the fact that I lean pretty hard towards slasher movies. I right. really enjoy, you know, I, I prefer slasher and you know, you can't get a good slasher. It's PG 13. It's just not going to work. And, um, and again, we'll talk, we'll talk more about the, like I said, the PG 13 rating plays into it a little bit later with the boogeyman, uh, and, and some of my thoughts on it. Uh, but I, I agree as a whole, uh, I just don't, I don't, you know, while there are some PG-13s that I think are okay, I would never, I would never rank them up as some of my favorites. They just, they're, they're not like high rewatch movies for me. And um, 
I, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't know the the opinion of on people. If that's a, a, a hot take or if that's a, uh, if, if I would, I would venture to guess lots of people think that. So, um, so if you're listening, give us some feedback there on, on social media. Let us know what do you think overall of PG 13 horror movies? Again, there's always exceptions. There's exceptions to oh, yeah. everything. So, uh, but let us know what you think about PG 13 movies. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement. I don't think PG 13 movies, uh, as a whole, I just don't think it works for horror. So, but, uh, all right, well, there you have it. Another horror hot take. So uh, let's let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we will have news and upcoming releases. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. And we are back with the news. Spread the news. All right. So we have (laughs) Hocus Pocus 3 confirmed by Disney. There are no details as of yet other than confirmation. Um kind of based on what we saw in Hocus Pocus 2, I, I'm venturing to guess that the sisters will not be returning um, as they have officially passed on to the other side, uh, both figuratively and potentially literally. They're all very, uh, <laughs> they're, all, they're all getting up there in age. Um, I, I'm excited for it. I like Hocus Pocus. Dave, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they're fun movies. They're they're fun. Kind of to me, they're, you know, they're very, they're Halloween movies, right? They're Halloween watches for me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited because I think the the young cast did good in, in Hocus Pocus 2. Um, I think the sisters, I think we'll see something about them in there, whether it be clips from the other movies or who knows, who knows? I mean, it's they're witches. They can be creative. Who knows what will happen? Uh, but, you know, uh, I you know, I'm looking forward to it. I like Hocus Pocus. I'm not a diehard Hocus Pocus and, and Monica might kill me for this, but I, <laughs> I think Hocus Pocus is a little oversaturated. Because it's like we see it all over the place and it's in merchandising and stuff. But that's fine. I, I understand there's a lot of people out there. Uh, I just, you know, I just wish we would see some more of my favorites, but that's okay. <laughs> I would I would have to agree. And Kayla might kill me on that too, because she loves Hocus Pocus. But I, I do agree. I think I think the market's a little oversaturated with Hocus Pocus stuff. I think the second movie was way overhyped. It was good, don't get me wrong. We reviewed it, um, which was an episode from last year, so feel free to go check that out. Um, it, but like you said, it, it, it's a good movie. It's a it's a rewatch every year. It's more of a nostalgia than anything else, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in any case, um, on slightly different news, Renfield is going to be debuting on Peacock on June 9th. Another movie that we uh, reviewed a few months ago, and it was a good movie. I think we both generally liked it. It was a, a pretty solid, you know, vampire flick. I, I liked it a lot, and. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I'll probably watch it when it comes out on Peacock. What about you, Dave? Yeah, yeah, it will. And uh, I mean, it did well. It did well. So I think, I but I think Renfield is is just prime made for streaming. I think yeah. it's just I think the views are going to be just through the roof. I mean, it did well in box office, but I think there's going to be a ton of people who are going to watch this thing uh, on the streaming. And uh, I, you know, like I said, it was a fun movie. It was all right. Um, but I'm all about you know Nick Cage getting getting some more uh, some more praise. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And then, uh, as mentioned earlier, Terrifier 3 has been greenlit. That's right. David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown, and Lauren Levera, which is Sierra, are both slated to return, and filming is going to start late 2023 with a target release in late 2024. Obviously, yeah. obviously, Dave and I are excited for this. Yeah. Um, slightly related note, next year during Pensacon, both uh, David Howard Thornton and uh, Damian Leone are going to be there, so... Uh, Dave and I are going to 100% try and go. Yeah. I want to meet those guys so bad. Oh, man. Yeah, and what's what's even more exciting about this is Terrifier 3 will have a much bigger budget. Yes. There, there's there's going to be more. And I'm with what they did in Terrifier 2 with the limited budget, I cannot wait to see what they do uh, with, with more money. Um, and, and the thing is, I have 100% faith these guys are not going to sway from what their success has been. I don't think we're going to suddenly start seeing a bunch of CGI crap and stuff in it. I think they'll stick with the practical effects. They'll stick with that. Uh, but we're just going to see, uh, we're just going to see, uh, I, it's surprisingly to say, I, I, we're going to see more blood. I, we're going to yeah. see, we're going to see more of it. And uh, that's pretty remarkable as, as much uh, buzz and shock as Terrifier 2 have, just imagine what they're going to do with more money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully they'll have a, a little bit of a wider reach in terms of a release. Hopefully AMC doesn't shaft them like they did with Terrifier 2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, let's move on to some merchandise news. This is always one of Dave's favorite parts, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we have the new Halloween original series of figures from Fright Rags. They are 3.75 inch figures. Is that right? Yep. Um, and are officially licensed. There are going to be six characters, Laurie Strode, Dr. Loomis, Sheriff Brackett, Annie Brackett, and Linda Vanderclock. Who knew she had a name? Uh, <laughs> that's that's in the notes, by the way. Who knew she had a last name? Uh, but each comes with accessories. Drop Whoa. That was a little jump scare for the viewers. I'm just dropping <laughs> shit over here. Damn. <laughs> but uh, each of these uh, characters are going to come with accessories and are available for pre-order on the website, FrightRags.com. Dave, have you already gotten your pre-order in? Not yet, but I probably will. These these looks these are they're like the reaction figures that Super Seven put out, right? They're not heavily articulated or anything like that, but they're you know they're not like these super detailed sculpts, but they're cool. They look very cool, and man, the card art is amazing. It looks so cool. Uh, it is. I mean, you immediately get that Halloween '78 vibe from it, and uh, man, it, they're awesome. And uh, it's pretty neat to see some figures from you know some of these characters like you know. Sheriff Brackett, Andy Brackett, some of these, you know, some of these people that, you know, you don't typically get in merchandising. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll keep an eye out for that. Um, that'll be interesting to see once the pre-orders come out. So cool. All right. And now we have a couple of upcoming birthdays and movie anniversaries. Uh, starting us up first, we have Johnny Depp. That's right. June 9th, 1963. He is, of course, from Nightmare on Elm Street, the superior and original as it says in the notes, uh, <laughs> not a movie. He's from From Hell and Legend of Sleepy Hollow, as well as a slew of other movies if you've never heard of them. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp's fantastic. What else can you say? Yeah, I mean it's Jack Sparrow for Christ's sake. I mean, come He's on. Right. And uh, yeah, we had to put the little the little jab in there about the superior and the original based on our uh, our wise rebuttal segment from last episode. So. <laughs> got to do it. They, they had to do it. Oh man, didn't he play a detective in um, like that string of movies from Kevin Smith? What was his name? 
Uh, I don't know. He was in he was in some of Kevin Smith's horror takes like Tusk and some of those, I think, because uh, there was that one where he had like a penis looking nose. Yeah. Uh, guy like, point. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, that's funny. If you haven't seen those movies, check those out, too. Uh, but uh, and we also have Adrian Barbo, who is from The Fog Creep Show and once married to John Carpenter, June 11, 1945. Um, honestly, I'm not super familiar with Adrian Barbo. You would if you saw her. Yeah, she's a she's a she's a kind of a horror. I mean, she's pretty well known in the horror field. Uh, if you saw her, you would know. Maybe you're not familiar with the name, but if you saw her, you would know her. I just looked her up and she does look familiar. I I yes, she does. I yes. OK. I, so, yeah, because she's from Escape from New York as well. So and I've seen that movie for sure. Um, and I have seen Creep Show as well. So, yeah, didn't did not know that's who that was. <laughs> Funny, funny, funny. Uh, a couple of uh, anniversaries for movies as well coming up. We have June 8th, uh, 1984, both Ghostbusters and Gremlins. Um, that must have been a pretty uh, blockbuster weekend uh, for June 8th of 1984 for to have those two movies come out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I love Ghostbusters. The first Ghostbusters is so good. Uh, of course, I love Gremlins. We talked about Gremlins a, a few episodes back where we talked about the franchise, but that the first one is just a classic. I mean, these are these are two of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love Ghostbusters. I love Gremlins. You can't beat it. And then also June 12, 1968 was Rosemary's Baby. Um, yeah. 55 years ago. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, me too. 55 years ago. That's unreal. Oh, you know what? I, I got to throw it in there before I move on to new releases. Another birthday that is super special in the horror field. That actually has already passed. Uh, June 5th was my wife's birthday, so I want to say a special right. happy birthday to Kayla. <laughs> I don't know if she would like you saying it's super important in the horror field, but... <laughs> hey, we're, we're a horror podcast, and this I is guess. a horror field, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'll let you know if I if I survive uh, once she hears this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, first, first the hocus pocus crack, and then that. You, whew, you may not be long for the world. <laughs> <laughs> I may not. I may not. Oh, Lord. But a couple of new releases uh, that we're going to be seeing here soon, uh, at least one of these for sure. Mm -hmm. The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster in theaters. It is the story of a teenage anti-hero, Vicaria, who is on a desperate quest to cure death. I have not heard anything about this, but I do like the sounds of that uh, that description. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about it either. It just has a limited theater run. I don't suspect that it'll be around here probably. I don't get those limited uh, runs typically in this area, but uh, sounds interesting. So typically with the limited run, it comes to streaming pretty quick. So I'll catch it when it comes to streaming. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It'll probably stream pretty soon. So very cool. And then uh, June 9th, uh, Brooklyn 45, a Shutter original. It's five military veterans, best friends since childhood. They gather together to support their troubled host and the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. Um, which fun fact, this is actually a movie that we are going to be reviewing for our next episode. That's right. Yep. We're giving Shudder some love. Uh, this movie sounds, sounds pretty fun. Sounds pretty interesting. It's a Shudder exclusive, uh, coming out June 9th. So, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our next review, uh, next episode. Absolutely. Gotta love Shudder. And then we also have another release coming up on, uh, June 13th. It's a, uh, Cannibal Cabin. It's going to be on digital and on demand. A group of 20-somethings want to end the summer on a high. They take the advice from a girl they met at a festival about a secret rave deep in the valleys. When the route is detoured, they have no choice but to venture into the unknown. 
So Cannibal Cabin is a cabin with cannibals. It sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Everything about this sounds sounds good to me. I mean, I would literally, I don't with no description, I would watch a movie called Cannibal Cabin. I don't need any more than that. So <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know who's in it. I don't know much about it, but I will watch this movie on June 13th when it comes out digitally. Absolutely. I will watch it as well. Uh, like you said, Cannibal, Cabin, Cabin Cannibals, Cannibals in a Cabin, Cannibals Eating a Cabin. I'm going to watch it. Yep. Me too. Absolutely. But that sure does does it for everything else that we've talked about so far for releases, birthdays, and everything else in between. Um, check us out on social media. I like to throw it in there right here because we post about this stuff all the time as well. So if you don't catch a podcast, you might catch it on the uh, Facebook or something where we post about updated releases and shit like that. So anyways, when we come back, we are going to be doing a review of The Boogeyman. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code LISTEN2SCREAMS at checkout. That is LISTEN, the number two, and SCREAMS. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we're back here on Listen to Their Screams, and it's review time. And we're going to talk about The Boogeyman, which is in theaters now as the adaptation of a Stephen King story. Uh, it is described as high school student Sadie Harper and her younger sister Sawyer are reeling from the recent death of their mother and aren't getting much support from their father, Will, a therapist who is dealing with his own pain. When a desperate patient unexpectedly shows up at their home seeking help, he leaves behind a terrifying supernatural entity that preys on families and feeds on the suffering of its victims. As I said, it's based on a short story by Stephen King that was originally featured in March of 1973 issue of Cavalier, uh, starring Sophie Thatcher from Yellow Jackets and Chris Messina from Birds of Prey. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, this is rated PG-13. It was originally slated for a Hulu release, uh, but it receives, was received so positively by test audiences that 20th Century Studios decided to give it a theatrical release. Now, uh, here's my thing. I went and saw this movie, and it's okay. And that's all I can say. You know, it's just it's just okay. It is. Uh, I, I really had this hyped up in my head because I love Stephen King. And um, and uh, and I was hopeful for it because I heard things online where there was there were some scary parts, suspenseful parts, and there were some semi scary parts. Right? They did try to build some suspense. There were some creepy parts, uh, but again, I think being hindered by the PG thirteen rating, it didn't push the push the you know push it as far as it should with the scary creepy of, of a creature known as the boogeyman that was. Uh, pursuing these people that was hiding in the closets, so to speak, and, and everything else. And um, I don't know. The movie was – it was a little flat and boring to me. Um, and, you know, knowing that it, it was slated for a Hulu release, I hate to say this about any movie, but I really think it, this movie is better slated for a streaming service than a theater for, for me. Now, it, it'll probably prove me wrong. It'll probably do great in the theaters and, you know, whatever. Uh, but as far as me as a viewer, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in going to a theater and watching this. Uh, I didn't, man, I, I just, I don't want to go to the point of saying it sucked, but it was not, it was not very good uh, in my mind. It uh, it had some bones, it had some potential, but like I said, because of the rating, it, it was, I, it fell flat and it was very boring and wasn't able to really push the boundaries. Uh I, I, you, you talked about PG-13 movies. I mean, do, I mean, how much do you think that hindered a movie like this 
uh, when you're, you're you're trying to you're you're relying on the creepiness, the jump scares, the the monster in the dark type thing. And, and when you have a PG-13 rating, there's only so far you can go with that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the big thing to remember with any movie that is just any movie in general, right? When you come up with a concept, you say, okay, here, here's what we're going to run with. And with the boogeyman, you're running with literally the mon- a monster that hides in the dark, right? The monster that's in the closet, the monster that lives under the bed. And truthfully, it could have been potentially fine as a PG-13 movie. And that's the God's honest truth. This movie could have potentially worked. But Dave kind of mentioned that they really relied heavily on the jump scare aspect, right? And in my opinion, jump scare is not true horror, right? Jump scares are great as addition to horror, right? It's kind of like a, it's kind of like an appetizer, right? Jump scares are an appetizer to horror. True horror has to be something that genuinely terrifies you. And unfortunately, as much as a monster hiding in my closet would terrify me, this one doesn't really quench that need for terror it just provides that scariness that momentary scariness right where they jump out and they scare you boo out of the closet or whatever and that's fine but it's not substantial enough to make it a movie in of itself and i think that's the issue pg-13 movies oftentimes horror movies i should say pg-13 horror movies oftentimes like dave said really rely heavily on these sort of non-violent non- gory non-graphic ways of trying to scare you by being able to still call itself a horror movie pg-13s are obviously limited on the amount of blood and gore that they can include the amount of cursing that they can include and that's that's something else that kind of just bums me out about pg-13 movies is like you can say the you can say fuck once i think maybe depending depending on the studio and uh, after you say fuck once, it's 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 going to be a rated R movie if you say it again. When in reality, if I were, you know, if I were opposing the boogeyman, I would be saying things that would, you know, make a sailor's toes curl. Um, so it's like it doesn't seem realistic. Right. OK, they can say they can say fuck once. They can say shit, damn ass, whatever else. But I'd be like I'd be running like, like fuck, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> the entire time if I was getting chased by this some bitch. Um, but yeah, and, and here's the thing, too, is that it had an interesting concept, interesting story, very cool setup. It just I feel like there were some limitations that couldn't be executed properly that really drew the movie back for me. Um, it wasn't the worst movie I ever saw. Let me let me preface it by saying that I've seen worse movies. It's just there definitely could have been more. Did it not have that limitation, if that makes sense? Yeah, and here's the thing. I've never read the story, but to me, the, the I don't know the story. At least the adaptation of the movie, it was a little it was a little weak, right? They 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 played up on this. You know, they lost their mother, and the dad was not really he wasn't helping, right? He was a therapist that that helped other people, but he wasn't listening to his daughters and their grief, and he wasn't coping with his own grief. And um, you know, and in the end, they did and everything else, whatever. But uh, there was I went through part of it thinking, oh, what are they going to tie the mom back to this somehow? No, they didn't. Right. And and everything else. And it was just I'm like, I don't know. I didn't I, I don't know. It didn't add. I don't know. It was just the story was flat to me. And um, it was very boring. I was just it, it didn't hold my interest real. You know, it would, thank God it was only like an hour and a half. It, it just it wasn't holding my interest. And um, man, I'll tell you, it's. You know, we 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 I, I knocked Scream Six, and, and I've I've talked bad about a few other movies that we've watched and everything else. But this, 
as far as something being you know classified as a horror movie, something we've watched a review, this is just this is right down towards the bottom for me. Uh, this it, you know this year, it's just the uh, and I had such high hopes. And again, I, I fall sucker to that when you 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 tie Stephen King's na- name to it, right? And it's an adaptation of him because there's so much good uh, stuff based on Stephen King. And uh, but I feel now you know here they are you know they're they're digging for these short stories and different things. Mm-hmm. That, and sometimes that works. A lot of times that can work. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're now – he's got a lot of stuff still out there that you can do. And uh, I, I feel like sometimes they try to dig and find something obscure. I mean, we're talking about a story from 1973, and, and you know, and I don't know. And, and, again, I've not read it, so perhaps the story does read as it could be, you know, would really adapt well to a, you know, a movie. Um. I, I still say the you know the PG-13 hindered it a lot to me. I just I just I felt bored. I keep saying that, but right. and and they tried to put jump scares. They didn't work for me. There was there was a couple little you know kind of neat. You know the the girl was afraid and always slept with all these lights and she had this. I believe it was supposed to be the moon, but it was this thing that she slept with and, and, and a lot that it was you know it was a ball that lit up and it looked kind of textured a little bit so i think it was supposed to be the moon i'm not sure <laughs> but there was you know there was some you know cool scenes where she rolled it down the hallway and you know and it, it came back and, and different i yeah but i'm like god that's been done a million times and it, it didn't really so it didn't really do anything for me and i kept hearing on social media that with these test audiences and stuff there was like these scenes where they had the whole theater jumping and and this and i'm like where were they they i just they didn't I, it didn't hit me. And I sat in a dark theater by myself because I, I like to go early, early on weekends where there's usually very few, if not anybody there, because there's yeah. something about watching a, a horror movie or a scary movie by yourself in this in this big theater. It adds to me the creepy element. And there was nobody. I was the only one in this theater. And uh, so I was primed. I was primed for jump scares even. I'm like, <laughs> give me something. And I and, and it wasn't there. It was like. I don't know. It was just it's it was so flat, so boring. It just didn't, you know. The the cast was fine. Um, again, and I and another gripe I kind of have is that I feel like almost every horror movie nowadays feels like they have to film everything so dark. And I know sometimes the story calls for that, but there are times. I, this movie. I can't imagine when it's time to watch it at at home on a streaming service. I feel like it's going to be difficult to watch at some parts because, and I, I understand that the dark plays a part in the, in the story of the movie, but you know, I, I want some horror movies to come out where I can see what the hell is going on. And I'm not trying to squint and, and see what's lurking in the shadows all the time. Right. I, I feel like that's become a trope now. And it's just that, that modern movie makers are making everything so dark all the time, even when it's unnecessary. And so then when you have a movie like this where it's about the shadows and it's about what's lurking in the dark and what you what's just out of eyesight and things like that, you know, that monster. It feels like, oh, here we are again with this because everybody else is doing it. So I, I just feel like that's a, a trap that that everybody's fallen into here lately that it, I mean, I mean, I won't say everybody, but you know what I mean? So many people. It's just a, uh, I mean, come on, it's a, a little lighting is not going to kill, right? Let's, uh, you know, we, everything doesn't have to be so, and it's not just horror movies, actually. It's so many movies, period, 
are just they're so dark. And maybe it's, you know, because I'm old and my eyesight's going and everything to, else. Maybe to be fair. And just to kind of add on to the the darkness aspect. It, and it's not I, it's not just exclusively like movies either. And this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I think it's important. Like video games are the same way. And maybe my eyes are just getting bad, too. But like a lot of horror video games, they'll they'll make everything so dark. And but it's so dark that like it's it's hard to even play the game um, because they always have like those things where it's like make make your settings you know to where you can barely see the picture in the middle of the screen or whatever because they're trying to like set up like the you know the spectrum or whatever and like it's just like bro like I get wanting to have it dark but make it enough so that way I can still fucking see. But it applies to movies, like you said, too. I feel like a lot of times, like you said, they're making these movies dark because they're trying to create that ambiance. But instead of creating a scary, like, feeling, they're just making it hard for you to understand what's going on. Um, yeah, I feel like it, they're, it's, it's become a crutch. Right. right. They're like, oh, look, it's scary and dark. So this is spooky. No, nah, that doesn't always work. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, not... Somebody be bold enough to make something scary in the light, right? D- lean in on your acting and everything else where there's some there's some light, right? Because not everything e- evil has to be in the dark. So let's somebody somebody buck the system and do that <laughs> because <laughs> I mean again, it's just it's just become such a thing anymore. Even you know of course, but you know I love the '80s movies where there is this wild lighting and this you know the colored lighting and. Even when you're, you know, in the boiler room or or in the the woods, you know, the camp woods at night, there was still they still used unique lighting so that you could see what was going on. And uh, I don't know. Again, I feel the darkness has become a crutch to try to they're thinking they're adding to the spookiness and I, and they're not. They're they're just distracting from it a lot right. of times to me. So I don't no, know. That's just absolutely. that's a personal gripe of mine. No, I, I totally agree. Like you said, I, I totally think, and, and like I said, it's not just even movies. I think it's a lot of these media formats are using like shit just being dark as a crutch for actual substance. And and it's not even just things being dark. They rely on, some horror movies rely too heavily on things like blood. You know what I mean? And I think it's just an industry problem where, you know, they basically try and see, you know, what's what's popular right now? How are people editing movies or how are people making movies? And let's use that to enhance our movie. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that you could use as a crutch. But if if I had a preference, I would prefer you not make things try to make things spooky by making it dark, because I think it's a little scarier when I can actually see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in this day and age of a. Uh you know, high tech and digital and, you know, right. 4k where you can see every detail of things and they're hiding stuff in the dark. Sometimes that could be on purpose, right? Maybe, I don't, maybe they don't, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to hide some of their costume, their effects, this and that. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's become a crutch and I don't want to get hung up so much and talk the entire, you know, for 20 minutes on the dark. <laughs> that is such a pet peeve of mine in, in this day and age with movies. Um, it, it's this, you know, everything's so dark and I'm like, yeah, somebody, you know, let's go back to some cool lighting. Right. I mean, and, and let's do something different. Right. Let's let's swing, um, put some color into movies and, and some brightness. And, and, you know, and it doesn't have to be overbearing. Right. We don't have to have, you know, you know, rainbows and sunshine all the time. But, you know, even when it's dark, it doesn't have to be pitch black. You know, there right. can find ways to accent it and, and be creative and, and 
and, and be a filmmaker and, and, and do that. And, um, and again, that's what, what, because it happens so much when you have a movie like this, where, you know, there is some darkness that's necessary to tell what they're trying to tell. It feels cliche and, uh, and it loses its effect because you see it all the time. So I, I, you know, I think, you know, that was an, an arrow in their quiver they tried to use and it just fell flat again because everybody does it. So it's like, you know, when you're talking about the boogeyman, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody does dark. So you're, you know, you're really not being unique. So again, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I just, this movie, it wasn't for me. It, it fell flat. It was kind of boring. You know, I mean, I, people can watch it and get their own opinion, but I just, and I just, I didn't, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really enjoy it. it. Didn't have a lot of redeeming qualities to me. It was so, there was nothing about it. There was no, no surprise, no, no big hook to the story that was, oh, you know, nothing. It was just, okay, that was what it was. There was the boogeyman. They conquered the boogeyman. They beat the boogeyman. <laughs> uh, now they're, oh, look, now dad's going to therapy and everything. Okay. It's like, well, what, what's creative about that? I'm like, you know, I, I and I don't know whether that falls on Stephen King for his original story again or the adaptation, but nah, I don't know. Not, not, I wasn't a big fan of the boogeyman. Um, and it was, it was a letdown. Uh, I, I had high hopes again, you throw Stephen King out there and man, I have high hopes. And so part of that right. falls on me with my expectations, but, uh, it, it let me down. Well, I, I will say this. It was not the worst movie I saw, but I will have to say that it could have definitely been better. There are things that they could have specifically done to make it better. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. So let's uh, let's try to rate this thing again. I'm gonna be a little harsh here. I'm gonna give it. I, I'm I'm gonna give it a two out of a two out of five. Um, it wasn't it wasn't so not it wasn't nonsensical or so outlandish that I think it should be lower than a two. Uh, but it just wasn't it wasn't that enjoyable for me. So I, I'm giving it a two out of five screams for me uh, for the boogeyman. I am not going to stray too far from that. I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5, um, just because it, it was slightly better some, than some of the other movies that I have rated at a 2. Um, not significantly so, but I would say 2.5 out of 5 for me. Yeah, there you have it. Two and a quarter from us for The Boogeyman. Uh, so <laughs> uh, if you've seen it, I'm sure you know many people probably wouldn't seen it. Tell us what you think uh, of it and if you agree or disagree with me. Uh, I, I'm not seeing, you know, I don't really, I don't really look at what people are saying online before we review a movie. Uh, but uh, I, I'll, I'll see what people are thinking now. And hopefully we get some feedback from the listeners. So, uh, but that's it. That wraps that up on the boogeyman. That's kind of a short episode, but I'm telling you, there's just not much, not much to say on this movie. There's just not much to go into. There's not much depth to it. So there right. wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot to really dive into and sink our teeth into to discuss. Uh, so let's hope. That uh, next week, that changes, because next episode, like we said, we're going to uh, review Brooklyn 45. Uh, that's coming out on Shutter on June 9th. So make sure you watch that uh, so that you can follow along in our review and uh, see what you think as well. So uh, make sure you subscribe to us on our social media platforms, as well as on your favorite podcast platform so that you don't miss an episode. So, Ike, before we close out and get out of here, anything you want to say? Oh, man. What's the uh, what's the old saying? Um, if you don't clo- what, what, there's, there used to be some kind of like story that I used to read about the boogeyman, um, and, and I feel like we need to make a new one for this time. 
you know, catch the boogeyman, go to therapy, um, uh, have a good time, uh, make it as dark as humanly possible. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What, what else can you say? What, what else is there to say, Dave? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what you're saying there. No. <laughs> Tell, yeah. I'm making I don't a know. haiku. A haiku? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think you need to revisit uh, high school English and what haikus and how they work. I don't no i'm kidding um no i was yeah here's the thing i I have one more thing to say um the boogeyman is going to get you if you don't go to therapy there you go how about that (laughs) the boogeyman's gonna get you if you don't go to therapy that's what i got from this movie the boogeyman will get you if you don't go to therapy okay I don't know that therapists would agree with your sentiments on that, and if that's how they want to, uh, how they want to drive people. But I, I don't know. I feel like that's a scare tactic that parents would give to their children. <laughs> if you don't eat your vegetables, the boogeyman's gonna get you. But honestly, though, like what, that's kind of like what the whole movie was about. Like they're having all this turmoil because of stuff, and the boogeyman gets them. Had they gone to therapy sooner, maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe the boogeyman wouldn't have targeted them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I, I. I I, I feel like I need to talk to somebody after seeing this movie and just like, why, <laughs> why, why did I go to the, see this movie? Why did they make this movie? Why, why can't we ever come up with more creative ideas in Hollywood? I'm just, uh, just ranting. So, all right, well, there you go. Uh, Ike says go to therapy or the boogeyman will get you. So do with that what you will. And if you're a therapist, um, you know, there you go. It's a free tagline for your business. So, <laughs> But until next week, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.